I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. My mouth is on fire. That's Kevin, who just had a five spicy on a scale of zero to four. Yep. The ramen place we discovered down the street. Yeah. And it's time for episode number 252 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast about video games. Which is on a scale of one to five in terms of hotness. Zero to 251. <laughs> right. But we're going one better. We're going guys in the kitchen hot. The, we, this is the first time I'd been there, and the server offered me an off-the-menu hotness rating. And I, that does not usually happen to me because I'm you know, a white guy. And You no said, one... I want it as hot as you can make it. Yeah. I want you to hot me as hard as you can. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then she came and poured the broth in your ear. <laughs> Uh, apparently there's ghost pepper uh, residue or something in it. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was really spicy. I'm. I like spicy food, but it was. It was pretty fucking hot. You know what there. else is pretty fucking hot? The fucking hot, generous support of our Patreon backers, <laughs> such as Paul Staples. That, thanks, Paul Staples. William, William Ortborg. Jeff Lord Tennyson. Jixandlia residue. Form, foam <laughs> okay, orange. That man. one's not real. <laughs> Wait, none of them were real, Rip. <laughs> okay. Just the first you not, sounded possibly real, so I wasn't. Do you sure. not understand the bit? That's how. <laughs> I know that they have in the past not been real, but those first two sounded reasonable. Farnham Shekelby. <laughs> Barnaby Rudge. Pastiche Garbanzo. Antediluvian Jeff. <laughs> Out of Jeff's. It's yeah. weird. There must have been yeah. a special on Jeff. Jeff's at Patreon this week. If you're Jeff, your dollars count double. <laughs> Jeff J. Jeffington. Uh, you guys, I learned about a tragic thing, and I would like to apologize to I don't know who, and that's part of the tragedy. I learned today that since we moved videogameshotdog.com to AWS from our old servers, the questions form stopped working. And oh. I thought that we weren't getting very many questions, but we were getting some. So I thought, well, the form can't be broken. It must just be that the slack has caused people to do all their talking there and not submit questions. But then I remembered you can submit video games hot dog questions from the community form inside Kingdom of Loathing. And those were getting through, but those were the only ones that were getting oh. through, which is to say that we were getting like one a month. So... so I'm really, really sorry to everybody who submitted questions for wow, so they were being submitted. For listeners. They were being submitted. They were saying they were being submitted, but they were just vaporizing. Wow. And I'm really, How did you figure that really out? sorry. I went to try because I wanted to add like a secret feature to it so that people could ask questions for the KOL podcast without being logged into KOL. And I was like, well, I've already got this form. I'll just add like an argument that I can put in a link that I post in the Slack. Uh, and then when I was doing that, I was like, weird, it's not working. None of my submissions are coming through. And I was trying to figure out what I had broken, but I hadn't broken anything. The cloud had broken it all. Was it because of like PHP not running or something? Or? No, it was because it needed to – it used to be on the same physical hardware as the database that the questions right. live in. And all it was was changing a connect string, but we just wow. didn't – do it and oh, i don't know if that just never got tested all of that stuff happened fa kind of faster than we wanted it to um because we were scheduling the move off of the data center around when i was going to be there to empty stuff out of the data center rather than what made sense from a logistics and procedure perspective I but now i feel like 
it's the fear of missing out, but it's the dread of all the questions yeah, the we've missed. Yeah, angst, A-O-H-M-O, <laughs> my Anarchy Online uh, <laughs> health insurance plan. <laughs> um, no, uh, angst of having missed out. Yeah, wow. Also, my... My Anarchy Online was such an amazing game. You could really, you could be anything. You could be a doctor. You could be a bunch of doctors in a network. <laughs> you could be a bunch of administrators administering a network of doctors. I don't know what HMO stands for. You know, that's what I really want out of an MMO is a bureaucrat character class. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like health management organization or something, right? Just like PPO is planned. Now that the contact form works, you can write in. Yeah, right. Tell us, us what HMO stands for. Also, just you know, if you sent us a question in the past month, or maybe it's still in your browser history. Send it again. For four months. If you still have the tab four open, months, really? hit refresh, it's, it's been, and when it asks you if you want to resubmit the form, uh, yeah, no, it's been since April. Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I really am really sorry about that. I did not that. know that until just now, and now, now I am sad. I feel especially bad for our generous Patreon backers who might have been submitting questions and then wondering why we have forsaken them. Why have you forsaken me, they might say. They might have asked. Why have you forsaken me? Submitted to that question. But much like talking to God, it was a huge waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Those words went nowhere, and I'm sorry. God so always answers waiting, your prayers, We're Zach. just waiting for God to fix his contact form. Oh man, what if that was it? Yeah, you what know, two thousand years ago, like miracles apparently happened all the fucking time. Yeah, what if he just didn't? Uh, he didn't give upgraded up on us. He just of... up. Yeah, he he upgraded his phone, and suddenly the notifications aren't working. So he's Plan- like, "Why planetary. hasn't anybody prayed in two thousand years?" To him, it is as the blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> so he wouldn't even notice. On a geological time scale, there's still no God. <laughs> Sorry, I watched uh, the entire first season of True Detective and ah, okay. uh, some of some of uh, Matthew McConaughey's Rustin Cole's virulent, pessimistic atheism has rubbed off on me. In the dust of this planet. Yep. Uh, have you seen it? I'm not. Oh, have you, Riff? It's super good. Yeah. It is super good. I recommend it uh, very highly. I've heard that the second season is not good. Yeah, I don't know. that's I'm what I've heard it a, too. Although I it, haven't, it didn't really resonate it. with. I, yeah, I didn't get it. It's an like, untrue detective. Yeah, the sequel is false detective. <laughs> the the thing that bothered me, like that I could put my finger on about the second season, not having thought too much about it, was that um, in the first season, only Rust talks like Rust, and he talks that way because he's kind of an asshole. He's right. talking down to everybody around him. The second season, everybody talks like that, and it reads like that would not work. It reads like the author talking down to the audience. Yeah, to me. And it's weird because the first season, the guy wrote just by himself, which apparently is really unusual for a TV show of that scale. And the second one was like there was sort of more committee action going on with writing it. Oh, I didn't know. Maybe that's not weird. Yeah i I remember uh, reading. The, the author talked about having written the first Did you read it by yourself, in, or did you have a committee read it? I, it was just me okay. this time. So oh, the first was, season was a novel. It was supposed to be a novel to begin with, right? I'm and not then, That makes sense to me. Like I remember he said he wrote the script in like three months. Um, but it, especially after season two, it strikes me that that was a story that he had had in his head for a long time. Yeah, that's, that's the like creative issue, right? Like... The first thing you do is you're something like, you've probably been working on in your head for your for entire life. life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
cool. Yep. <laughs> yep. How's it's it my going? Freshman year is great, and then the rest yep. of college just sucks. You're working on the freshman year your entire life, exactly. And then sophomore year, you got to do it all in one year. Yep. Uh, something else happened that was unrelated to video games that I was going to talk about, but I don't remember what it was. Hmm. Good story. What about you guys? Anything happened to you that wasn't related uh, to video games? I listened to some uh, audiobooks. I listened to the audiobook versions of the uh, the first two Red Dwarf novels. They're hmm. super, no, no, they're actually super good. The, okay, wait. So is Red Dwarf? Is that a? Is that a? originally a book series no, or it, was it it, it, it was a tv, TV show series? it was a tv okay. series the the first two novels uh, the tv series was written by two guys as a team uh, it's rob grant and doug naylor and then the, uh, so the team was called uh like doug grant or something like that. It was the two names combined and under that name they published two novels which were sort of the first few episodes of the uh, of the show sort of reworked together into a novel format with more like more detail and backstory and because it has narration you get what the characters are actually thinking instead of just dialogue and you get like their personal flashbacks and so on and it's really good and what made the audiobooks particularly good is that they were read by uh, Chris Berry who's the actor that played uh, Rimmer on the show so naturally his he he does the Rimmer voice for the Rimmer lines but he also did um impressions of all the other actors for their lines and it's surprisingly good like he nailed exactly what those people sound like so it was hmm. it was like hearing a radio play of of the show basically is, That's cool. Uh, yeah, it's really good. The, and and the first two books are really strong. Unfortunately, the the second one ends on a cliffhanger, and before the third book was written, the the two guys had some kind of falling out, and uh, and and the team broke up, and that's why the last few seasons of the show aren't as good. And uh, what they ended up but, doing was writing each one of them went out went off and wrote their version of a third book for the trilogy so there's two third books and neither of them is very good and it's because one of them is funny but has no particular story and the other one has a lot of story and things happening but it isn't funny <laughs> wow. so yeah, yeah that's... could you combine and like could you just read alternating words between each of them <laughs> that'd be an interesting uh, experiment also, it doesn't seem like a cliffhanger is really that much of a threat in a space series, right? Because <laughs> there's no you, gravity. But, but, yeah, and also, yeah. like, if it's based on the first season of the show, you could just watch those episodes to see what happens. It, it kind of... Um, it started with the episodes of... The first few episodes of the show, but they sort of meandered away from that. They, like kept using okay. plot elements from from different episodes but they there was sort of an overlying arc that that ends with Lister being extremely old and then dying and they have to send him to the backwards universe to resurrect him and and it ends so, with but you know So how stuff. long is how long is an episode of Red Dwarf? Uh, it, it was standard TV. I think it was I think they were half hour episodes. They might have been so, hour episodes, but I don't know for certain. I don't remember. So like a like a Two hours of TV feels like a good fit for turning into one novel. 
No, you said it was the first few episodes. It's it's hard to say for absolutely certain because there's a lot of stuff in the beginning of the first book that is not actually part of an episode because it's the stuff leading up to it's the stuff explaining how Lister got on the Red Dwarf, which which doesn't actually appear in the in the first episode of the show. And yeah, okay. when there, did the show a lot of air and how much of it is there? Oh, uh, I would have to look that up on Wikipedia. I want to say it was the. 90s yeah i mean yeah like, i remember I can't people talking about specific. that show when i was in high school and, and, and like and and because it's 97 yeah and it, and it all it, it was a british show that was like imported over here i mean if you got to see it at all and and didn't just was waiting for vh sets tapes or whatever so when when i saw it has very little relationship to when it actually came out i'm sure is it good? The show? Yeah, it's super good. It's it's um I mean it has a laugh track which sucks, but if mm. if you can if you can find it in your heart to ignore that, it's it's really interesting and creative. Every plot device is like just imagine the craziest plot devices from any given episode of Star Trek and every episode of Red Dwarf is like that. Just all backwards universes and and uh, bizarro like monsters that polymorph and and uh, I don't know like planets that are populated with wax replicas of historical figures for no reasonably explained reason and time travel and just all the batshit stuff that happens in that happens like once a season on a regular sci-fi show is every single episode of red dwarf. Do the books make any sense if you haven't seen the show? Uh, it's hard for me to judge that. Um, uh, but I feel like you could probably do it. What about you, Jim? What's your experience with red dwarf? <laughs> uh, it's people talking about it in high school. They seem to have, they seem to like it. Um, but I can't looking back on it. I don't really trust people that age in general. Like their opinions don't tend to, don't tend to be trustworthy, including mine. Okay. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I went to a, they might be giants concert and that was still pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They played Apollo 81. Yeah. They played Apollo 18 in its entirety, but they played the tracks in reverse order. So yeah. that was Wow. That was a fun surprise. That's Except clever. fingertips. They played fingertips in order. Oh. But second. I really appreciated them embracing the CD randomization format with that yeah. disc. I had Apollo 18 on cassette, so. Mm. Oh. Okay. I didn't get to randomize Did it. Did they randomize it like per cassette tape? So every. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just claimed that Apollo 18 was designed to be played on shuffle, and it had one song that was like. 17 or 18 tracks. individual very yeah, short fingertips tracks. was divided up into a bunch of chunks and then if yeah. you randomized it it would just it was genuinely very unpleasant to listen to on shuffle mm. <laughs> <laughs> um is disorienting or yeah i mean you get used to it a certain way and then i mean maybe if you would only ever listen to it on shuffle but How it's just unpleasant is it to fly to the moon okay <laughs> i guess that's what they were going for what'd you do uh, 
I didn't do much of of note. I guess I went and saw the Jason Bourne movie, uh, which yeah. I liked quite a bit. Which one? Uh, the uh, new, the one? new one. Okay. It's called Jason Bourne. <laughs> Great. That'll that'll make things handy and convenient for looking. Well, it it's. Up. I mean, it's it's not the Bourne identity. It's not Bourne Ultimatum. It, there hasn't been a Bourne movie named Jason Bourne yet. Yeah. So. This is it okay. is a, it is a unique title. I still haven't uh, seen any of those. Well, really? Yeah. They are they are very smart action movies. Hmm. Okay. Basically, I've seen a lot um, of recommendations lately for. Uh, the the one like the similar thing that Keanu Reeves did that I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, wow, I don't. Okay. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there Bram is like Stoker's there's, Dracula. There is some movie about a retired Keanu yeah, Reeves is like, like a retired secret agent. And John some, Wick. Yeah, John Wick. That's the that's one. it. Yeah, I didn't really care for John Wick, but. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Jason Bourne just just it feels a lot more like um, sort of an extended enemy of the state. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever saw Enemy of the State. Mm-hmm. Uh, that isn't you should you should watch is that enemy the one of the with state. Brad. Pitt. Enemy of the State is Gene Hackman, Will Smith. Oh, um, what am I thinking of? The one with Brad Pitt and Robert Redford. You're thinking of Spy Games. Spy Games. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, that wasn't a joke. I I know. I get those two movies mixed up. They. Uh, Sneakers, like there's a there's uh, a there's a bunch of great. really good like heisty, actiony like smart sort of intelligence going, community movies. Going out back there. to sneakers, like recently, the biggest surprise for me was that it took place the, in San Francisco. Conceit, well, the conceit <laughs> actually made sense mathematically. Like, oh yeah, that so was like somebody actually. Yeah, the out. science behind it made a kind of sense yeah like they're the, you you like oh there's there actually is some really easy way to factor really large numbers and i've programmed it into this chip and now every code is broken right <laughs> yeah i also watched it again recently because like amelia hadn't seen it so we watched it like oh, wow. over christmas um it is really long i did not yeah. remember that it's way longer hmm. than you would think and it's way longer than a movie like it would be <laughs> now i think man though it had a thing that i cannot even find a picture of on the internet so if anybody knows about this there is a piece of art on the wall in cosmos weird startup in oakland or, or wherever uh-huh. that that is that is it and this was like what 88 is when this movie came out but it was a piece of pixel art it was a pixel art dog where the pixels had texture mm. on them it was like prescient of an art style that you see all the time now in games that are like faux pixel art but with textures on the pixels and I, i've never been able to find a picture on the internet of that dog pixel dog from sneakers <laughs> is what i googled and it didn't work i guess i could just do a frame grab or something if i could put a dvd into do a computer a reverse image search yeah um, but it, yeah, it was weird how you wouldn't have to change much to make that movie modern day. Yeah. You just make it shorter and make it about, you know, like, oh, the NSA is surveilling. Right. You know, domestically. Oh no. Pixel art dog. Do you have sneakers on your phone? I do. I'm, I'm. Wow. You just have a video file of sneakers on yeah. your, it is, it is in the <laughs> lobby. It is in the lobby of that building. So the I think you see it at the time when, oh, uh, Mar- like when, Mar- when Mary McDonald's character is going in there is being dragged in by Werner Brandes. Okay. His name is Werner Brandes. His voice is his passport. <laughs> Verify him. 
Well, anyway, now that I know that you just have it on your phone, I'll ask you to borrow your phone. Take a screenshot. Yeah, I'll take a screenshot of it, and then I'll print that out as a poster, and then I will be Cosmo <laughs> Kramer. Um, trying to scrub through a movie on a phone is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, especially because of how how bad radio it is. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that occurred to me while I was watching Sneakers is that Dan Aykroyd is basically playing himself. Yeah. <laughs> He, he tends to do that, I feel like. Yeah? I mean, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, guess, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, do you think that Dan... Dan Rather is what I was about to say. <laughs> is Dan Rather still alive? I don't know. I think so, I believe, yeah. I believe Dan Rather is still alive. We should go ask him what the frequency is. <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd's increasingly wackadoodle characters that he played over his career might have just reflected Dan Aykroyd's increasingly wackadoodle self. More and more of a conspiracy theorist. Have you ever gone to any of his uh, venues, his houses of blues? No. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I've been to one with you. He, well, I, maybe I didn't, I was not aware of it or I didn't really absorb that. He also had a, uh, a crystal skull vodka. Crystal skull vodka yeah. is exactly what I was thinking yep. of. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's done a lot of stuff in his wackadoodle life, his increasingly wackadoodle life. Was, <laughs> did that coincide with the Indiana Jones and the I think it was years before, was if it? not like decades. Because it would have been kind of amazing if they did a special edition that was like the alien skull. Oh yeah, a dump more <laughs> extra yeah, large bottle, more, more vodka. vodka in that. Yeah. Yep. Unless that part was all just alien glass. vodka. Uh, and I also watched uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is uh, a recent Tina Fey movie about. I think it's based on a real reporter who was embedded in Afghanistan and sort of her story of being there. And it was really, really good. It was like a serious Tina Fey movie? It was a comedy, but there was it was also very serious at the same time. There were it was, a, lot of it was a really good blend of okay. of like humor and like serious shit going on. I highly recommend it. Well all right. Yeah. Did anyone play any video mm, games? I Are we ready to talk about video games? I don't know how long it's been. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah, me too. I think we've all played a lot of video games, guys. Gosh. Played some video games. All of me and Riff, at least. What have you played, Riff? Go, Riff. Go, Riff, go. I played... uh, You had to get really far away from the microphone because your list is so long. (laughs) (laughs) I had to grab my iPad so I can remember what this one game is called. Oh, Severed. Have you guys seen that one? That is... uh, I saw Chris Remo making the website for it like a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, But... It's uh, it's really cool. It's... uh, uh, iPad, and I imagine you probably play it on phone game. It's um, sort of a, a well. The story is you're this uh, you're this girl warrior who has had an arm chopped off, and you're now looking for your family who have been uh, stolen away or captured or something through this sort of. It's like a fantasy light landscape, but it's very surreal fantasy, and it's very very colorful and and so on, and it's. Uh, it's third or first person view in sort of like a sort of node based movement, like an old wizardry or, or might and magic where you like tap to move forward to the next node and tap the sides to turn 90 degrees left or right. Or you can also uh, uh, drag with two fingers to, to rotate smoothly. And then you're swiping your finger on the screen to, uh, to slash at monsters with your sword 
uh, sort of like Infinity Blade or something. Kind of. The what's interesting about the combat is um, if you do if you perform well in combat, as in you get a lot of hits in and don't take hits and don't uh, don't try to hit a monster in like the place where it's blocking. Um, that fills up a meter. And if you get that meter filled before you kill the monster, then when you do kill the monster, its death animation is like way slow motion. And you get like one second to chop parts off of the monster. And then monster parts that you collect are the ingredients that you use to level up your, your skills. Huh. Yeah, it's real neat. And it's just gorgeous looking, too. It's very colorful and it does that sort of nice, uh, I don't know, nice flat cartoony look. And, uh, the, like the walls of the areas aren't like, like left wall, right wall, like they are in, in those old games that every, every room has been, it's, it seems like it's been, uh, you know, uniquely built. It's been built out of parts, but, but still it's, the walls are are each different. It's not like in uh right. on a Legend of Grimrock where every every step the wall looks exactly the same as it did on the last step. <laughs> well, that's that's part of the appeal of that game. I don't know. <laughs> I always I always felt like with Legend of Grimrock I would have liked it if they had spent half as much time making wall tiles and made twice as many of them just so <laughs> that there was a little bit of variety there. Because when it's the same tile over and over and over again, it doesn't matter if it's a really nice tile, right? Like it's yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm alone in valuing variety over fidelity, but well, like, and the the more that's my advice nicer, about relationships. Also, right? about say, <laughs> always always value variety over fidelity. <laughs> the, the more the nicer each individual tile is, the more you're going to notice it too. So, mm. like that's true. A more abstract tile, you can get away with it that's being more point. generic. If it was just a flat gray wall, you wouldn't even think of it as a tile. Yeah, right. Uh, so I've, uh, does I've just purchased this severed game. I heard them talking about it on the Bombcast how, and comparing it to Crossed is it? Swords. It's like six bucks. Okay. Crossed Swords, which is a it it was a Neo Geo game that I was always like I had seen it once in an arcade when I was a kid and thought, oh man, that's the game for me. And then I didn't I didn't get to play it at that time and then never found it again. And then when I went back to it in emulation, it just wasn't actually all that good. That's, but it was a thing that it's usually how it goes. I remembered as being really cool as a kid. Yeah, if you if you ever dreamed about NES games that you never played, the dreams are almost always better than the actual games. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, how does the the um, having one arm factor into the gameplay? It hasn't yet. Um, I don't know if maybe that's just an excuse for why she doesn't have a shield. But oh, yeah. but there has been one moment where in the distance I saw. Uh, uh, a rainbow-colored severed arm crawling along the ground, and it ran away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe it figures into the plot later when I catch up to it. Well, so you're missing your arm, and you're looking for your family. Are they going to do a bionic commando where your arm is your family? Ooh, maybe. <laughs> Rosie Palmer and her five sisters. Oh. <laughs> that's, wow. that's what you're looking wow. for. <laughs> Okay, sorry. It's cool. What else? I just I just bought this game on this iPad that's right here in my lap. Nice. It's by the same people that made Guacamelee. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, that was, that I was really that. good. Yeah, it's got a very similar kind of art style. That sort of flatness and, and angularness. Yeah, if that's on Android, I'll pick it up. 
the other main thing I've played uh, was uh, Headlander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The double, the new Double Fine game. Yep. Super it's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's. Is it? it? Yeah. Yeah. What, what What kind of game is it? So imagine it's a metro, it's a, it's yeah. a shadow complex. Imagine it's an exactly if, shadow uh, complex. I, I feel like the like the 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 first development meeting could have been like, what if we did Metroid except it, instead of Samus Aran like crouching into a ball, she just takes her head off and the head flies around. And, and it's the 70s. Yeah, and it's the 70s. And 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 if you run into like a space pirate or somebody else with a, a head and a body, you can pull their head off their body and steal their body and run around on their body instead. <laughs> and it's in the 70s. Solve puzzles with it? Yeah. Yep. It's uh, like, it's, it is so good. Uh, it's cool. so beautiful, too. I love the yeah. way that game looks. I'm a big fan of the 70s aesthetic in basically every way. Like, I would really, really like my house more if it had wood paneling and shag mm-hmm. carpets. And it's not, like, ironic. Like, I genuinely just, those things make me feel very safe mm-hmm. because they remind me of my childhood homes. I, I The 70s, 70s aesthetic often uses a lot of, like, earth tones and warm colors, and I'm not into that. But other than that, I, I totally agree with you. Like, just the design choices and things are super good it did it does a weird thing where you can get this speed upgrade that also makes it so every time you move it leaves a like white to orange to red gradient tracer behind yeah. you and that's actually pretty annoying yeah i got used to it it was real distracting at first but yeah yeah because it's by far the brightest thing on the screen yeah. when you're did you but ever see you Space Station early, 76? So you get plenty of time to get used to it. No. no. It's a movie, not a video I game. I see. Uh, but it is a space station in 1976. When did it come out? Uh, 1976. No, it uh, <laughs> came out like a couple years ago. Huh. It's it's pretty good. It's like comedy. It's like sort of sitcom in space in as a movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I liked it quite a bit. It you know what it makes me want it makes me want Double Fine to make a reboot of Interstate seventy six, <laughs> like and also for that for it to be like GTA style game instead of what Interstate seventy six was which I don't remember that game what what was it It was just like a seventies sort of Mad Max car combat thing but it was very like scenario based hmm. rather than yeah. there being a lot of like. I always thought the GTA games were better when they were period pieces. Yeah. Yeah. The modern day stuff is not quite as resonant. It to me like I think I've probably said this before, but I really didn't like San Andreas because it was about something that had happened fairly recently and was horrible as opposed to this imaginary like 80s Vice City fake what, mafia scene what was like the horrible thing well, like me? LA gang vi- like making oh, a video yeah. game about LA gang violence is yeah. very different than making a video specific event no 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 no, no. The, the, like making it making a video game about LA gang violence in the 90s feels very different to me than making a video game of Scarface yeah right yeah, which definitely. I'm sure that some horrible shit happened in the 80s in Miami but it wasn't like the the it, weird thing about that for me personally, and I bet also for the people at Rockstar, because the people who wrote that game live in New York, um, 
also the main dev team lives in Scotland, so like right. they're pretty distant from it. Like my lens, even living in California on LA gang violence is all rap music and movies, right? Like mostly rap music. Oh, okay. <laughs> like um and that stuff is, you know, I I always took it as very like entertaining and cartoonish. I mean, maybe it is as fictionalized as like Italian mobsters, right? Sure. But it doesn't, for whatever reason, it didn't feel that way to me. Yeah, and I don't fair. know if it's just because, like, I felt like Boys in the Hood played out as a tragedy way more than Goodfellas did. Sure. And I don't know that that's really true. I don't know that that's true of the intent of those movies, at least. I mean, Scarface was pretty tragic. I haven't seen it, but I think that. <laughs> sure. A GTA game with fantastical elements, like, this is, G like, just, uh, if Rockstar had made the Mad Max game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would you love know, to see, like, like a GTA set in, like, the Blade Runner universe. I think yeah. that would be amazing. While we're, while we're fantasizing, I would love to see a Hogwarts game made by the Bully Team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I always said GTA Hogwarts would be a huge bestseller, right? You wouldn't. It, you wouldn't have cars, obviously. Right, right. It would be brooms. I think I would like, even going back to Bully and spending a few hours with it and getting past the parts that rubbed me the wrong way the first time, I still didn't, it didn't stick. Hmm. Um, but magic would make it stick. Yeah, I bet it like, would, yeah. Like, if there were fucking dungeons to go into, then, <laughs> oh, okay, <yeah. laughs> yep. If if it was like, I'm, I'm living my life as a, like, you know, beleaguered schoolboy, and then at night I go kill goblins you put like, on your invisibility cloak and yeah wander around yeah yeah uh yeah headlander super recommend i'm cool. i'm like probably two-thirds of the way through it i think i'm at the final boss and stopped be stopped fighting the final boss because it's a long multi-stage boss that doesn't checkpoint you between stages Oof. but I, I i i hope to go back and finish it I had heard that that was true of the first boss, and I so I was like just very, very careful to beat it on the first try. Mm -hmm. um, it's generally pretty well checkpointed. Like if yeah. you get killed, yeah. it just restarts you to the beginning of the room wherever you came in, and right. if like anything that you picked up, there are a few things where it's like here's a challenge to get, disconnect all these power couplings in this room, and if you get killed in the middle of that, it makes you start over. But that's just to make it a challenge. A challenge, yeah. There is a thing. Are you playing it on PC or uh, PS3? There's a, it's only Windows on PC. Or so PS4, there is a not, P, not PS3. <laughs> there is a one thing that drives me fucking crazy about it playing it on a PC using the mouse and keyboard. Oh, I don't know how it would bad. work. So it, there's just a reticle that you fire towards, and that's mm -hmm. fine. That said, maybe I should just be playing it with a controller because I feel like it just it plays exactly like Shadow Complex. Like you use the stick to shine a laser where you're going to shoot right and then pull the trigger to shoot i assume um you have this shield that can go around your helmet and you can upgrade it to go around it in two directions and that lets you pass through these lasers that would otherwise kill you right and there are some places where there's a laser shooting from either direction right next to each other so you have to be shielded on both sides to get through it but the way that you control that shield is by 
holding the right mouse button and then it orients the shield towards wherever the mouse oh. cursor is oh, relative fuck. to the character on the screen and the character on the screen is not centered oh, so you'll Jesus. be chugging along and then you'll get you'll be going through some lasers right as you hit the invisible barrier that makes the camera no longer stick to your character then the shields will rotate and you'll get killed and that is wow. how that is how I lost the first 40 times I tried to do one of those challenges and it is like you eventually get to the point where it's like, all right, I'm just going to go real fucking slow and just move the mouse yeah. directly along with where the character is on the screen. But I should just be playing it with a controller. Yeah, it, on a controller, that it just uses the other stick to do that. Cool video game, though. Yep. What they should have used is the Q and W keys to rotate the shield around your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you love that. <laughs> clockwise and counterclockwise. Yeah. C- clockwise. Q L O C K W I S E. Clockwise and counterclockwise. <laughs> Wittershins. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clockwise and Wittershins. Wittershins and anti Wittershins. <laughs> what else you play, Riff? Uh, the other thing I played was uh, Scrivalry, but I think uh, Kevin probably has has something to say about that one. So I'll, uh, I mean, I'll leave I just that for your turn if you like. I, I thought it was an interesting idea. Yeah, uh, I I played around with it for an, maybe an hour. Uh, I had. A oh, little, is this the big multiplayer Scrabble? Yeah, thing? yeah, it's, it's like an infinite Scrabble without massively turns. multiplayer yeah. Scrabble. It's interesting. It, is, it it has the problem that if you feel like you have a good word, you can spend forever looking for the perfect place to put it. Yep. There's because yeah because the landscape is not quite infinite but vast yeah right because it, because it's it's potentially infinite but it's finite because you have to play on top of somebody else's previous move yeah so but yeah and the the board is like extremely liberal with with bonus squares yeah it has there's like a tournament mode which i did not yeah. engage with what that it's is like, it's it, it's kind of interesting it's like you get 10 moves to get the as big a score as you can which is where it's really bad about the spending forever looking for the place to put a word i recognize that the bonus squares are what makes scrabble scrabble but i don't like them hmm. what what about them I want it to always be advantageous to make the coolest, longest, highest point value word that you can. Not put a word next to another not, word to get a bunch of two not words. like strategically cock blocking the other guy by playing defense. Like well, words, when words no- with friends is boring as shit when you're playing defensively but and the way to play well is to play defensively and this, it just makes you're it not so I don't playing defensively because play it. it's not a turn. There's game. nobody else. Yeah. Well, it's not that there's nobody else. It's just that it's not turn-based. Well, okay. So it's... It it sounds like you don't like the board either. Like, why not just have a game where you're making cool words? Oh, like uh, like the video games that we've made. Yeah. Uh, I I like that the board state produces places for you to play off of, right? Like playing, you know, playing a word with a D in it and using that to make something past tense or whatever. That's probably not real. But... um, but then Playing having other the letters on the board that you get to use. Yeah, having other like I like there being a board state. Yeah, I don't like 
the environment of that board state being such a huge multiplier on the effectiveness of your plays. Right. You know, like, if you just had a handful of, like, power-ups that you could play when you were playing a word that was like, I want this word to be scored double, and I want this word to be scored triple, and everybody had the same amount of those, and you decided when to use them. Hmm. Like, That's kind of interesting. I would like that. Scrivery has an interesting bonus where if you're the first person to ever play a word, you get a big bonus. Oh. Mm, yeah. Which is cool, but, like, that seems rough for the competitive scene, too. I don't know if that gets counted. I mean, I wonder if it resets, you know, if there's a new world popped in. It isn't. Like, it's a Mm. persistent persistent universe. Persistent Scrabble universe. Maybe once every word has been played, they'll do it. That's not going to happen. I mean, it depends on their word list. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, near words that I made that weren't on their list, so. A lot of things that sounded like that should be a word but wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of the bane of my existence in these sorts of games. I played a bunch more Vive games. Um, Tell I was in us the office more. Over the weekend, I played uh, the 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 thing that was the most impressive. I think was the one that Valve made for the Vive, which is just called the Lab, which is like you're in an Aperture Science laboratory. Oh, yeah. I saw a playthrough and of that. It looks really cool. You're just teleporting around to different stations where you you sort of like go into these augmented reality experiences where you pick up like augmented reality inside well it's sort of it they're they're like simulations that you're going into you're in a lab and there's like stuff happening in the lab and then there's like go to the longbow simulator and you just like sort of pick up this sphere and cram it into your head and that's how you load the 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 simulation so there's i forget what all of them were there was one where you're you're operating this giant mechanical slingshot that yeah. personality cores get loaded into and so there's just a lot of like funny personality core stuff happening that you get to do and they'll respond differently and you can unlock different ones by hitting different targets you're you're just firing them into this like vast warehouse with stacks of crates and like knocking them all down um there's one where you are repairing the robots from the portal co-op which that one is really, really like that one felt the most like sci-fi of anything because you're just in this virtual space and it just like explodes a robot out like a Chilton manual, but it's all just floating in space and you're like rotating different parts of it around and it's it's really neat. But then that one like Glados comes in and starts taking the room that you're in apart and stuff. Like it's there, there's just a bunch of they're all very like vignette-y, except Longbow, which is just a sort of a tower defense game where you are using the controllers to just fire a bow like you've got a control like a bow is attached to your one hand and then you always have an arrow and you have to get it to the right place and pull it back and aim it and shoot it at these like stick figure dudes they're like the dudes from the aperture science posters <laughs> like the the little homunculi uh, but they're like running along and then some of them have viking helmets so if you hit them in the head you have to hit them twice you knock the helmet off and hit them again and you're just sort of on this tower and they're kind of coming down a hill and running towards your castle gate which has hit points and it's every time you kill one it lets loose some balloons that start flying up in the air and you can heal hit points on your castle by shooting the balloons which is really tricky especially like the higher up they go the faster they move um that one was neat, but you get real tired just like <laughs> pick it like just just holding up those controllers yeah. in a meaningful way for a long time is is really exhausting. 
Uh, there was a there was a cool thing in there called Secret Shop, which you're just in like a wizard store from a fantasy game, but you you can move around it, and there are these different little glyphs on the ground that if you hold, like a guy comes in like this sort of Shrek looking deformed human cartoony guy and he gives you a light and it's just like this little glob of light that you're holding onto with one of the controllers and if you touch it to one of the glyphs you like shrink down and then you're standing on that glyph and then all of this crazy stuff happens around you like there's a giant spell book that comes to life and has a big face on it and it snarls at you and so there's nothing really like interactive about it but it's super cool it's just like a really neat space to explore uh forget what else was in that there's there's the thing where you're just going to like different environments that are modeled after real world environments like national parks and you can mm. sort of throw these sticks and a little robot dog oh, will yeah, the, oh, chase them and fetch so them and when you do it like when you finish the longbow one you get back into the lab and there's just the bow on the table so you can pick it up and start shooting stuff in the lab and there's all <laughs> these different things with different interactions that happen um yeah, and the dog, I played another the dog follows you back to the yeah lake. the dog yeah. comes back in after that so that you can like start throwing stuff around that he'll go get for you. Um, I played another one called Vacate the Room, which was just a very simple room escape game that was a lot like the sort of one person Japanese flash room escape games, in the sense of it just being a bunch of weird puzzles uh, that didn't really make sense in a world. That one. I got stuck in the end because of a thing that I couldn't see in the headset because of color vision issues. Uh, that's so the way that I had to solve this puzzle was by taking off the helmet and then bringing the controller where I was holding this thing that I was supposed to be looking at really close to the helmet, but looking at it on the monitor. <laughs> um, <laughs> whereupon I was able to read the thing that you're supposed to be able to read. And, and then there was this dumb... It sounds so dumb, but it was probably the most satisfying thing I've done in VR yet, which is this thing called Zenblade, which is just Fruit Ninja, except you're actually just holding a katana and fruit is flying at you <laughs> and you're cutting it into pieces in midair. Nice. And it was so fucking fun. Huh. Like, you're just standing there swinging a katana around as far as you can tell, just cutting fruit out of the air. And it's great. Like... Okay. So yeah, I can. Yeah, I recommend find some office mates who have a Vive and go in on the weekends and play it a lot. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't get any kind of motion is there sickness. There's one here at Campo Santo. There is. Yeah. Oh wow! It's in the other room there. It's room scale VR. Wow, it's um, exciting. I didn't get motion sick playing it, but once I had been like, I spent like probably 45 minutes or so playing the lab and then the real world started making me motion sick. Like it was very, very difficult to get used to the way that your eyes work when you move your head around after it being in like, eventually you get over it, but it was super weird. Like the refresh rate was just different. The refresh rate of reality is different than what your (laughs) brain gets used to. And it was, it was Wow. Spooky for a minute. There's those glasses that they've used in experiments where they just flip the whole world upside down. Yeah, you just get used to it. Eventually you just get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, man. (laughs) Brains. You know, they say 
the signal goes into your eyes upside down all the time anyway, right? Well, sure. But I don't know what they mean by that. Like It is being projected upon your On your retinas backwards. Up, upside yeah. down, yeah. Yeah. But. Yep. What does up and down even mean, man? Why aren't you upside down in the mirror? <laughs> I want to say maybe that's all I... Yeah, why does a mirror reverse left to right but not up and down? Uh, There's a... Feynman video about that yeah, that yeah. you should check out, listeners. Uh, I'm trying to think if I played anything else, and I think maybe I did not. Headlander was the main thing. What about you, Jim? I went back to Bloodborne a little bit. Um, did you not finish it? Before? I did. I fin- so I finished it like three hours before we recorded last week. Okay. Um, and while I played it a little more, I... Actually, what I want to talk about is like now I want to talk about uh, the so now that I've had time to actually think about the game, mm-hmm. um, I had talked about how like the last half to third of the game, I think, is stronger thematically, but weaker um, in terms of gameplay. And I I I wanted to talk about like why I, I feel like that was actually a deliberate decision on their part on on the part of the designers yeah so i'm trying to figure out how i can explain this without spoiling things so in this world um there's this phenomenon that is causing people to go bestial um and uh so there develops over the past century or so this tradition of the hunt where like on the night where it's at its worst. People go out and they kill the beasts. Um, and you're one of these hunters in the game, although you don't understand what's going on at first. Um, and the the hunt it, at, on the, the, the time frame of the game is the worst it's ever been. And also as a hunter, you're going further than hunters usually do, like for out, outside from what your expected duties are. And so uh, the traditions that have built up over the past century of, like, the hunter tools and the hunter skills become less and less appropriate to what you end up fighting. Mm. Mm-hmm. So over the course of the game, you're fighting these stranger and stranger creatures. For the, and and your, the skills that, like, served you so well at the beginning of the game uh, serve you much more poorly. Like, so the way this plays out in gameplay is there are these – there's a – the uh, the rally system is a system where uh, you, when you take damage, you can attack an enemy within a certain amount of time and you get your health back. Okay. Um, and the uh, the interrupt system is a system where, like, when an enemy attacks and you, uh, within a certain window, shoot them while they're attacking, they stagger and then you can do a, um, a stronger attack. And... Anytime you pull either of these things off, you feel like a complete badass. Like the game, yeah. the very first half of the game is like very much, very much feels like it's a much more traditional, like make the player feel good about themselves game than uh, than Dark Souls tends to be. And uh, in the second half of the game, m- m- the enemy attacks tend to be like. You, you see a lot more stun attacks, which makes rally just not exist anymore. Basically, you you take damage, but you, then you're also you you're stunned, so you can't uh, rally. Um, and the parries 
uh, missing a parry becomes much more punishing, where you'll find enemies that'll just one or two shot you if you miss a parry. And so that system might as well not exist. So I think thematic, like, and, and a lot of video games are like this, where the way they get difficult in the late game kind of invalidates the fun of the early game, but it feels so thema- th- so thoroughly of a piece thematically that I feel yeah. like it has to have been deliberate. Because you're so far over your head at that point that and that's and also the the only magic in the game appears like in the second half of the game when you start right. finding these otherworldly tricks that and learning how to do them. Did you play with that stuff? Like I, a I very was not, little ar- bit. Uh, not. A I was lot. not arcane enough to yeah, to I, use any of it. I I, I wasn't focused on arcane or uh, blood tinge, so I. I I neither had a lot of magic power or a lot of uh, like bullet collection abilities. So and the the magic runs off of your bullets. So. Right. And thinking back on it, one of the frustrating things about that decision is that I feel like uh, a system with actual armor and a shield, like in Dark Souls, would actually have served you much better in the sorts of combats you were getting into in the second half of Bloodborne, hmm. which is weird to think about. Um, but this is like a, a decision that I, is so rare in, in AAA development. The decision to uh, prioritize storytelling over making a fun game mm-hmm. um, that it, it's really brave. I think it's really something I have to respect the developers for as, and I, I really like cherish the experience, even though I don't want to actually do it again, <laughs> even though I, it doesn't make me want to play more of their games. Even do you not feel like they feel like you're so heavily invested by that point that they can. Well, absolutely. That's, that's absolutely part of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it wouldn't have worked if the first p- half of the game wasn't so, didn't feel so good right yeah did you say you hadn't played the the dlc i've not played the dlc okay. and i'm actually really curious now because that's, uh, yeah it's, that's that's it, like a you're going back in time right yeah it's it it really uh, uh i don't know what word i'm looking for but it it adds to the story uh, really dramatically and and uh god it's super good unfortunately uh, having finished the game, you're going to have to play the first part of the game again to unlock it. <laughs> okay, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. You well, my right now my PS4 can't connect to the internet anyway, so... Uh, okay. <laughs> Gotta have to figure that out first. Is that all? Uh, I've been continuing to play Pokemon Go. Yep. It's, uh... Some catching some dudes, hatching some eggs. Are you, as everyone seems to be, infuriated with them and just have had it <laughs> after the latest patch? So I never yeah. got the three foot the, the the tracking thing to work. So like I don't miss that at all because I don't. I never like. I never played it. Uh, I thought. Riff, it, it can was you give really a brief overview of what happened and what they did and why everybody's so, pissed? So my understanding is that the. Uh, the the reason why the the nearby thing turned into okay so the overview is that originally there was this this 
little sub window, this little menu you could pop up that would show you the the I think nine Pokemon that are nearest to you, and it had a from zero to three little animal footprints underneath each one of them, which shows how like how far they are basically. And the list was sorted from near to far. So as, uh, so the, the first thing on the list is the thing that's closest to you. And if it has say one footprint on it, then, you know, it's, you know, about a block away from you. So you can walk around your neighborhood and buy it, like either gaining footprints or losing footprints. You, you can tell how close you're getting to it. And then you basically play hot and cold until you find it, um, which was cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the problem is apparently I, uh, I don't understand like the, the code end of it. I don't know how it was built, but something was wrong with the way it worked. That meant that the server load, uh, that it caused was was way too big considering the amount of server problems they were initially having anyway like the, yeah my understanding is that they were just querying the server repeatedly yeah, like, for how close you were to everything exactly. instead of like just like each one of these sending, nine guys had to update every few seconds yeah. to tell you how instead close of just it was. sending to the client their info like they, they could have done that handled this by sending the information to the client and like here's the and then the distance calculation could be handled on the client but like maybe they were worried about people cheating yeah right. yeah so so they basically turned it off and just every every pokemon was just permanently 3 footsteps away from you 3 footprints away and that's that's the the 3 footstep bug is what people called it and right. uh, but because it because Niantic is absolutely terrible at communicating with the community what's going on or, or what they're doing, they didn't explain that they'd turned it off for weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. So people thought it was a bug and were going, fix this bug, fix this bug. And it didn't get revealed that this was something they'd done deliberately until the, one of the guys mentioned it in a, in a Q&A at San Diego Comic-Con. And, and then in the, what happened in the last patch was because a lot of people, uh, especially new players, were confused about why does every why is every Pokemon always three footsteps away? They just took the footsteps away. <laughs> so now right. so now you just have nine guys listed as nearby with no real information. And I guess theoretically you could still kind of hunt them down by. Because because they're well, sorted from here and they and dudes pop well, yeah, up yeah. on your map. But, but and... if you want to find a particular guy in the nearby right. list, if you if you so, see somebody rare, you could maybe do it just by because they're supposed to be sorted from near to far. But it seems like there's also some other kind of bug in there with it not properly clearing out things well, that you've it, captured. And you would have like to ping the server to update that information yeah, too. Yeah, and that's what they turned and, off. And I think it doesn't. So. But wait, how does it, I mean, if it's, if it doesn't let you capture the same Pokemon twice, it has to be pinging the server to track whether the, I mean, I'm sure that this does make sense, but it's very hard for me to understand unless it is just incredibly unvalidated I, in terms I have, of gameplay yeah, stuff, I have, which I, I mean, no it, it really could be. It might be, yeah. Right. Riff, were you using PokeVision? I was. That was pretty cool. What's PokeVision? Uh, PokeVision was 
a website that somebody made that uh, basically I, I'm not entirely sure how it worked. It worked. I, it worked with like an army of it, bots somehow. Uh, that it used that, the that just queries the. Uh, well, I think it actually just uses your machine uh, locally on your machine to query the uh, Niantic servers for. What Pokemon are in a, in, a, in a certain vicinity? Yeah, but and I it but shows I think you a map. It, it had to, it it used it used bots to to get the information for a particular vicinity because it wasn't necessarily what's close to me because you could click anywhere in the world and have it scan that area. Yeah. So I well, my, I, I, think I, I think they think had it, accounts like that were yeah maybe positioned everywhere. Well, if so that was just an that. open API for being able to call that arbitrarily. Like no wonder they shut it off. Like yeah. of right. course people are going to write tools yeah. to right. Yeah. But I, it, I, I saw maps with all the, yeah. And that's basically what it was, was it was a thing that you could pull up a map of what Pokemon were, were actually in the world right now. And it would show you what the timers on, were on them before they despawned. So you could run down the street and pick it up. Yeah, which I imagine is like a a pretty fun way to to interact with that system if you're looking for a particular Pokemon. Yeah, it was kind of fun. It wasn't as fun as as playing hot and cold to find a guy. Sure, but but it was more fun than nothing, <laughs> or well, yeah. more more fun than you know taking a walk around the park for an hour and hoping you luck out and happen to catch something cool, which is what I've been doing, but. I mean, I'm still in, I'm, I'm not stop. I'm not gonna, I, I'm I like the, the gloss is, is starting to wear off of it a little bit for me, but I'm still really enjoying like getting up in the morning and going and walking around a park somewhere, listening to audiobooks for a couple of hours. Sure, so yeah. I, and so I might as well still catch guys while I'm doing that. So that'll keep me going until they do some updates. And hopefully they bring I mean, tracking back. Like I, I, ideally, by the time you know you, you get sick of this, uh, of like, so it, catching these Pokemon is, is is slowing down for me as I get more and more of them. Mm-hmm. Like I get fewer unique ones over time. Right. Um, and that's really the uh, the draw for me is getting new ones. Yeah. Like I'm not so interested in the fighting part. Um, but. So eventually, like, I'm going to get enough that I just don't see a new one for a week or whatever, and then I give up. Um, the ideal for the developers would be to just release a new pack into the wild. Right. Just about the time I'm, uh, I'm about to give up. Yeah. Um, and, and I think and that's that's one of the reasons they shut down the PokeVision is because people were getting things too fast. That's probably also true. Yeah. And just, um, it's... You got to admit it's kind of a cheaty thing. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I I can I can totally understand them being being a little annoyed. I think I probably would be too. But sure. yeah, there there's uh but yeah, there'll be new Pokémon rolling out eventually and apparently they're going to do like uh cuz like they did with uh Ingress, there there's like uh events that apparently like the legendaries, like the legendary birds and Mew and Mewtwo are things that are not going to ever be found in the wild. You'll get them by pers- participating in events. Oh, weird. Okay. And and so that'll be cool. And and they've they've made some noises about providing ways that people can customize their local Pokestops. And 
So yeah, so uh, it's it's got enough it's got enough in it for me to keep noodling around with it between updates, and it seems like they've got enough stuff they can do that updates can continue for a long time. And now that they've gotten the server problems more or less under control, what game there is plays really smoothly now. So, yep. Pokemon yep. Go. Kevin, did you have anything else besides what you talked about in the segment? I think Kevin's asleep. Wow. Or dead. Now he's breathing. Okay. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> I have not been feeling very well. Oh man, do we need? Uh, do you think it's the food or do you, no, I your just, illness? Do you want to take a break? Yeah, should we? Should we just call it? Uh, I don't know, man. Sorry. I don't think we have much to say about this assignment. Uh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, we can talk about it next time. Okay. What is this assignment? Oh, the next assignment we're going to do is uh, this assignment was Dex. Right. Right. The next assignment for, for next week, we're going to do Metroplexity, which we have been playing oh, for right. several Two weeks. And so we're just going to kind of finish that up and talk about it next time. Well, sorry, uh, I'm so under the weather. No, it's okay. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. You've, you fell asleep against the pop screen. Yeah. It's, that's I, my, my. I am astonished that it held. My weight. Yeah. In, <laughs> given it, it how, given how difficult itself. it is to fucking hold itself up, yeah. it is <laughs> astonishing that it, it supported itself and the weight of your head. Uh, guys, thank you so much for doing this episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog with me, even though uh, even though you're really Two. sick. I'm sorry, buddy. Three and a half men. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And, and until you do... Um, Play some, play some video games. Send us some questions. I promise they're actually going into a database now. And <laughs> I, boy, I really, I, like, I know that I don't ever get real sincere on here, but I feel really, really bad about that. Like, it sucks that that happened both to us and to, especially to all of you. We thought you just didn't like us. Can't we just track down those packets? They're still somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess if we if we just shine a telescope deep enough into space, we'll be able to back solve from the positions of those <laughs> those atoms. Those atoms, yeah, yeah. It it just it kind of makes me sick to my stomach thinking about that having happened for so long. Somebody sent listeners. Us you codes. can uh, you can make Zach feel better by sending a bunch of new questions in for next week. That's yeah, true. like if you asked anything since like April, uh, ask it again. And we'll definitely do a listener's mail segment next time. And uh, sorry to sorry to be cut short on account of uh, account of illness. Kind of rain. De- Dex was okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually I, enjoyed it quite a bit. I bounced I, off of it yeah, pretty I, quick. I didn't like the controls. Yeah, the controls were real bad. Yeah, I was. They were okay on a controller. The, oh, that, I that might be did it, not think that it supported keyboard. a controller. I plugged a controller in and I was able to start a game pressing one of the buttons on the controller but then not move my character around so this we might actually be doing this segment now um (laughs) when i started the game on steam it gave me the option of like launch the game or launch the configuration utility and i'd never seen that option before so i picked it and it was like the configuration utility was what it, it told me, okay, push push the, this button on the controller, push oh, left on the right oh, on the weird. stick, you know, uh, and that's, I, I guess, is how it knew how to 
read the controller input. You you said at dinner if this game had, if you had discovered this game ten or fifteen years ago you would have played the shit out of it. I think that is also true yeah. for me. Yeah. But okay. as it was, I just I found the animation really nauseating. Like it just gave me that like low frame rate sort yeah. of motion sickness. And it's, the writing was t- yeah. really bad. A two D yeah. platformer. I really, really hated the writing. Yeah. That, uh, so something that bothered me was when they uh, they were talking about urban legends, but they called them bourbon legends. What? And it was spelled like I had subtitles on, or like the like the text is there. That was like it seems like they were going for like a NADSAT kind of thing, like just trying to make up their own version of future slang Uh, and what things had evolved into what. But boy, did they do a poor job of it! And it was also a really really big example of unnecessary voiceover too. Like those 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 voices didn't need to be voiced. (laughs) Uh, I, and I, like the unnecessary profanity, like I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a prude about that kind of stuff in a lot of ways, just because I feel like you should save profanity for effect. Mm. And I don't like it when games are just real sweary right up, right up front. I I can't even really comment on the quality of the writing because the voiceovers made it impossible for me to read the text that was on the screen <laughs> and the quality of the voiceovers made me not want to listen to them. So I was just the clicking. Vo- the voice acting was, was everything. Pretty, yeah. right, do you really, uh, is that a really a true thing that you're saying, Riff, or are you just tickling no, my yeah. gully balls? No. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it's just, I mean, in order for me to to read the text on the screen, I would have had to have been reading it slowly enough that that the 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 discrepancy between the voice and what I was reading wouldn't have been confusing, you know what I mean? I really liked the cyber the cyberspace stuff, like just being kind of geometry warsy. That is a that's an abstract. Like, hey, when you go into cyberspace, you're just playing this video game, and it's a pretty cool video game, and that was fine. I just the the platforming just seemed real bad, and just yeah. like there was going to be a lot of it, and a lot of like just being yeah. lost in real samey looking environments and I, just I, I didn't feel like the environments were that similar looking hmm. there was there was a bunch enough variety I didn't get very far so that's, yeah cue to dodge it definitely, and shift to block was real terrible <laughs> you just don't you don't need to do either of those things honestly <laughs> yeah I put the comp like that that was a thematically a weird thing was this this the protagonist is supposed to be like someone who doesn't know she's uh a special person, a special like someone who can hack computers without actually touching computers, right? Um, but also in my game, because I set combat to easy, she's just a world class pugilist as well. <laughs> it makes sense. It's a tough life on the streets. Yeah. Are you on the streets? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I play. When I played, I was in sewers you an, mostly. Yeah. You an apartment. <laughs> yeah, you start off in a place and then never go back. Dex, you start off in a place. Objective video game reviews. <laughs> <laughs> what everybody's clamoring for. You gotta hack that elevator. Well, I guess we're gonna talk about Dex, and we did. Yeah. Um, I actually quite liked it, because, uh, like, I, I, the story, I just sort of, you get the gist of it, and you don't need to worry about this particulars. Um, and I played I played quite a bit of it, and I'm, I'm still sort of chugging along. There's a lot of, like, side quest content, which I feel like you would be into yeah i mean i think there is definitely a version of this game in some parallel universe that is a little bit more polished and a little bit less ambitious that i would really really like Hmm. 
I think the, uh, instead of just just more polish, less less <laughs> less take don't take away the ambition because I feel like that okay. is actually really neat. Like eventually you get the you get like augmentation upgrades and you get to like jump higher and take less damage from things and improve your you get an augmentation that f- improves the jump physics <laughs> no it's ar- artificial limbs artificial limbs artificial this, this this augmentation gives you more frames of animation <laughs> like <sighs> that'd be pretty good actually that, that would be pretty cool the animation was only <coughs> problematic in combat because the f- like you get locked into these like frame like cycles of of animation and then like i just thought it looked gross and it also like it did that thing where this is pixel art but it keeps scaling so that it's always just beset with sub pixel rendering crud that is like it's just my fucking kryptonite yeah it really is like like pixel art yeah pixel art where the pixels aren't equal widths it, on the screen it's not is pixels like, though it's it was it's definitely painting-esque right like is it it looked i mean it's raster art it, it, so it's made of pixels sure. yeah but it's pretty low res raster right i think and i think it was it looked to me like art that was drawn a pixel at a time rather than like a painting that was scanned or whatever hmm. or something that was painted in photoshop i mean i guess nobody really scans art except for me <laughs> making video games but um yeah, I I don't like it when I bounce off of a thing primarily because of its aesthetics, but it really the it also just of it were are pretty fun. My very first experience of it was also like I walked off the wrong side of this thing during sure. the tutorial and fell into a bottomless pit and just had to fucking start the entire game over. And but, it was only like a minute in, but yeah, still, but I like, feel like I started the tutorial like six times because I I died a bunch in it because I kept trying things, being like, oh, I wonder what. Oh yeah. no, nope, died. Yeah, <laughs> just but the bottomless pit thing. You know, yeah. it's like if we're the I don't know those in the sewers too. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot. There's just a, there's a lot of ways to die. You need to save early and save often. Super dangerous environment, like environmental hazards, like really telegraph themselves by making it so you're dead <laughs> before you figure <laughs> yeah. out what's going on. The you, thing, uh, the thing I really enjoyed in quotes was when uh, there was a guy with a gun, and I didn't have any sort of ranged weapon yet. But there's a box nearby, and it says, you know cover so oh, you can cover. crouch behind it and you crouch behind yeah, what, it and he just fucking shoots you <laughs> it's, it's not cover at all it was he did. it's it's stealth cover not uh, it's like not, bed covers not um, <laughs> like yeah yeah later on there's monsters and they can't get you if you're under there <laughs> is, is there a uh, like a wikipedia article for the concept of the monster under the bed i was looking for this like it seems like it's a cultural phenomenon. Look for that, f- the flora's lava. I'm sure they would be in the same place. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is there a Wikipedia article for the flora's lava monster in the closet? Yeah, that sort of thing. Did you ever think there was a monster under your bed? Not seriously, but I, I definitely fantasized about monsters at the end of hallway, like yeah. dark, long dark hallways, and yeah. I yeah. used to sometimes have have dreams of monsters in my closet but then one night i recognized that i was having one of those dreams and i just opened the closet door and fucking shouted in there to leave me the fuck alone you sons of bitches and i never had one of those (laughs) nightmares ever again 
Wow. And then your parents came and washed your mouth out with sleep soap, sleep soap because yep. you were sleep swearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember being scared that there were monsters in my closet as a kid, but I still occasionally have dreams about being in one of my childhood bedrooms or another and there being something like really dangerous in the closet that mm. I'm really scared of. Hmm. Like, it's it's usually not that there's like a monster in there and I can see the monster. It's like, fuck, I forgot to close the closet door before I got into bed. I'm fucked because of what's in there. And like, I like I can't just get up and close it because what am I, nuts? Like, it's too late. <laughs> I already did it. Like... Um, no, you can't move because of sleep paralysis. Oh, maybe oh, so. Have you ever had that happen to you? No. I have had it happen once, and it is f- fucking... I mean, it was like 20 years ago, and I still can remember it clear as day because it's fucking terrifying. I, I watched a documentary about that on Netflix. Really unpleasant sounding. Yeah. At least it doesn't last very long, and I uh, made it through it. For, for you. But, <laughs> yeah. You know. Are there people that have it for really long periods of time? Uh, the people in the documentary are like, yeah, this happens every night. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Seems like you'd stop getting so panicky about it after a while. I, they don't. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cool. Well, Kevin, thanks for perking back up. Sure. Talking about decks. Maybe I'll try to edit this into some semblance yeah, of it. Yeah, take the ending and put it at the end and... Or just record a new ending and delete the old one. Beep boop. Thanks for doing this episode of Video Games Hot Talk with me, guys. I hope we do it again real soon. And thanks, listeners, for listening. And thanks for backing our Patreon. And thanks for joining us. And I hope you join us next week. I hope so, too. Yay! Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Good night. Bye, everybody.